Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11, hope you're safe and well. I just realised I'm still in my Christmas jumper, apologies. Um, we are Christmas, this, this is not going to age very well now, is it, thinking about it. People are going to look at it in January and go, what the hell is he wearing? Um, hope, you're, <laughs> hope you're all safe and well. If you're new channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you may know time. There's new content. On, as always, I'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Um, today's guest, uh, lifelong fan, uh, is Chris Beard. Hi Chris, how are you, man? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm just pleased to, um, hopefully it's acceptable for a man in his 50s to wear a football shirt in his own house. So, uh, um, no, all good. Uh, strange times, but um, as we said earlier, what can you do? Yeah. Nothing you can do, apart from sit around in your, in your football shirt. And um, Exactly. And you're right, You're in, it's not like you can go anywhere. No, 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 apart from what Sainsbury's is a day out now, isn't it? You get all dressed up and, you know, it's like when you think, oh, what's ready today? Well, I'm going to go to the shops. Okay, you're going to see the shops. Well, that's your day you planned out. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. My, my wife was up at um, half six today to get to Marx's. Oh, see, Marx's. So we're doing all right, you oh. see, Marx's, um, to get the Christmas shopping. Um, and yeah. she like, well, no, I'm half six. I'm, what the hell are you doing woman but apparently they were queuing around the block you know because obviously all the, oh. you know, all the all the borders are shut now they're closing all the borders yeah, so yeah. There's, there's going to be no uh there'll be no uh french there'll be no brie there'll be no camembert coming in oh. so you'll have to have somerset brie instead or something exactly, you know? yeah can they call it somerset breeze it one of, yeah it's probably one of those ones that uh, isn't uh, it's like you know it's like uh Cheddar Gorge cheddar can only come from Cheddar Gorge can't it and so uh hmm. melt pies but you know that's the thing, you know, it's, it's not just the stuff coming in, but the stuff going out. We're going to be yeah. eating pies till God knows when now and Yorkshire past, uh, Cornish pasties and stuff like that. But, yeah, as you said, there's nothing you can do about it. you just got to sit down and eat mince pies, really, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, I've had a few too many of those already, unfortunately. But, yeah, uh, I say, my, my lockdown pod was not what it was intended to be in March, but hey-ho. Um, and obviously West Ham are keeping it entertained, aren't they? Well, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how we feel about that after tonight. But um, 
Yeah. Uh, why is it Chelsea? Well, so, uh, yeah, they're doing all right at the moment, um, which makes a nice change. It does. It makes a change. Thinking when every team comes up, it was like I was thinking about it today actually. Cause someone asked me what my prediction was, and I was not going to reveal it because this will go out after the Chelsea game. Um, but and then I'll say what a genius I'm on Twitter. Um, but anyway, uh, and and this is I can. There's not many times in my West Ham fan career where going to Chelsea isn't necessarily us going to a big club. It, you know, we're very, very close in league stature to them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's weird. That's weird for me. Rather than feel like, oh, we got Chelsea this week. You know, like it's, you know, we're we're sort of we're, we're so humble. We're going to Chelsea, but you know, I, I, at the moment, this team, anyone, I, I fancy us against anyone on their day. Um, to be honest, yeah. And, and that's a really nice thing to to be able to think of. You know, it's it's nice not necessarily. It's nice being on the first page of a league table. Um, you know, not yeah. having to scroll down. Mostly to territory. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you know those guys on Arsenal fan TV, and they're like moaning their fifteenth. God, what we wouldn't been to fifteenth last season. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know, you know, count your blessings, guys. You yeah. know, but uh, know. Yeah, it could, could be worse. Could get we could have Aladici as our manager. So. <clears> uh, Although to be fair, to be fair to Big Sam, um, he did a job, didn't he? Mm. He did a job, and he got yeah. us up. And so, and to be, and also to be fair to him, that's probably the last time I think, until the current regime of manager, that there was a a, a system, a plan. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It yeah. seems like you know, uh, God bless him, Slav and 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 um, and Pellegrini. It was it was a little bit more like there was no structure. It was like all oh, of this, but we'll we'll change the formations. We'll do this. We'll play this time mm. and we'll change it for this. Where like Sam had like a blueprint to get us into the Premier League, and it worked. And and Moisey's now twice put this plan into action. This you know originally three five two, but now he's mm. obviously. But there seems to be something being built. Do you know there seems to be like yeah. Um, like a project being built, you know, the people yeah. he's bringing in, the backroom staff, the the yeah. fan, the, the players, rather, he's bringing in. Mm. Um, and that's quite nice. It's quite encouraging. Mm. Um, even after, before Big Sam, probably the last one was, I mean, I can't even think of one. I mean, I think even thinking the red nap here was a bit chaotic. There was no, I wouldn't say there was a, a system in play, was it? It was like, you know, just swap yeah. people on one aging left back for another. Um, um, how many players can I sign? <laughs> yeah so it's a bit weird but you know long mate continue and as i said you know if we're not i mean it would be funny but, you know technically it could be by christmas we could be on the verge of safety so well it's it's funny you say that it, it it's strange isn't it how we've had two managers who did really well with good players yeah. like pellegrini and Abraham grant um you know at the top of the league and like, did Abraham Grant win? He, he won the Premier League. Yeah. yeah, or he won, or definitely Champions League. I think he might have won. Oh, yeah, Champions, yeah. Champions League. Yeah. And um, Pellegrini win, wins it with City. Yeah, come comes to a club with maybe a a lesser quality of player. Maybe doesn't mm-hmm. have the money behind them and and struggles. And it's yeah. really strange. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I, know, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's why I'd like to see Guardiola or um, a Klopp 
at a lower club to see how well they do. Yeah, yeah. But they're not stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> managers aren't stupid. The top yeah. managers would only go to top teams who've got money, you know. Exactly. Like, best best manager in the world, but he's got 500 million to spend. Yeah, and, uh, I could probably be the best manager in the world with 500 million. It's not like, you know, it's, no. like it, it's not... Um, it, it, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be little them because I think they are fantastic managers. And to be honest, Klopp is one of the the ones who I always admire because he is probably bar Mister Moyes, he's the only manager I I remember seeing uh, during the the, the the teams warming up to be on the pitch. So he will actually right. be on the pitch, Klopp, and he always sits and stands that centre spot and just watches. He always used to just watch West Ham warming up, and it's such a simple thing to do. Yeah. But you, you know, because you could see someone's like favouring their leg, or if someone's not on it, or if someone looks really, you know, really on their game. Even mm. with the past, you know, when the people are warming up, um, and obviously can re- can relay that back. And Moisey doesn't look at the opposition; he's too busy, you know, doing the training. But mm. stuff like that is simple little things make a big difference. And um, he's the only one I've seen who's done that. Um, and yeah. You're right. They couldn't. Yeah, they're the best manager in the world, but they got five hundred billion. When if you can go and spend how much they spent on Van Dijk and and Salah and Mane, you know, it's it's not surprising. Yeah. Really, you think of the teams. But uh, having said that, though, there have been managers as well who've done really well without the money, and as soon as yeah. they've gone somewhere with money, it's been a disaster. Well, I mean, to respect Mr. Moyes, really, wasn't it? Everton, he had a shooting mm, bit, yeah, yeah, and got them, you know, in, into Europe and stuff, and then. Mm. Then went to Man United, and I mean, he was on hide to nothing really there because the squad was completely aging and hasn't been reinvested yeah. for years, but didn't really do it, did he? Um, and so, yeah, and it, 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 it's strange when you look at them. I mean, you look at someone like, I mean, someone like Ancelotti, you know, he he obviously moved, you know, from Italy, came into Everton, spent a lot of money, you know, they're like fourth now, fourth or fifth now, yeah, uh, doing all right. Um, and so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see someone like um, the Southampton manager with a bit of money behind him because he's because mm. he's, he's expensive. Yeah, he's he's a, and and Southampton are a great greatly run club, you know, fantastic infrastructure and stuff. And mm. it's interesting. Although I did notice today that we're tenth. God, Moy's out. We're tenth at the moment. That's a bit of a drop, isn't it? That Southampton oh, guy. Yeah. I've got a mate who's a Southampton fan actually, and I, I said to him. How has he gone from nine nil to just yeah. straight up? You know that was the worst they got, and then they just—I mean, it was—it's an incredible turnaround. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm. They've, you know, in a way to I think what, what Moise is trying to build at West Ham, Southampton have had that infrastructure built in. They've got the analysts, mm. they've got the youth recruitment, they've got a system which is played throughout their sort of club. So if I manage it has a poor run and, and gets sacked then someone else will, will slot in to that system mm. the director of football is set up very similar to, similar to brentford brentford is exactly the same you know they have a system in play and if one manager's out they put another one in and there's not like a uh sort of a shock to the system a complete step change in, in how the yeah. team can run but uh yeah no it's it's i mean as you said we're on like 20 21 points now you've got to think was that another uh, nine was it nineteen to go? So six games, six six games on the draw, six wins on the draw. Yeah, but we'll be saved by Christmas. Well, I, I couldn't believe it actually because when the fixtures came out, I like probably a lot of us was thinking, where is a point coming from there? You yeah. know, I 
I honestly thought after seventy games we'd, we'd be lucky to have two points. Yeah. Um, but I think Moyes has done really well bringing in Nolan um, and Pierce. Uh, so he's got a very British coaching team. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Nolan, since he's come in, I think he's he's obviously made an impact. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. Because uh, defensively we look a lot better. I mean we. It was a bit Keystone Cops at times last year. Yeah. Um, but a bonner this season is just he's a changed player. I mean, he's always been a good defender, but he's he's gone up a level this year. Oh he has. And he's he's just this like um I don't know how to describe it. As you said he's always been good, but he's just this last year particularly and this year now, he's just like gone up a level, you know, and he's mm. it's 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 <clears throat> lovely to see because he is a good player you know there's a good player in there and and Moyes does have this like I call it I put a verb to Moisify you know he has Moisified lots of players um I'll just want any on his first stint you know on out of it, classic example yeah you know he was sort of relatively floundering as a right back a right winger um yeah. under village and not really doing much not really obviously he's 20 million pounds like price day whatever it was um boys came in and was just like you know put him up front same as he's done with antonio same as he's done with cresswell four nails yeah, oh, um, yeah. You know, he's he's not he's he, he's a he's a clever man he's a clever man he's our he's our uh he's our moisey and um yeah the people around him he said kevin nolan yeah, the effect he's making in terms and what i like about us now is we've got a bit of grit about us now mm. you know, yeah. like you know he's we we see jack and rice in the centers you know they're they're, they're two they're, they play oh. about them two um corners we've got an aerial threat all the time we always look like we we never look like we're beaten at the moment um mm. which is a great mentality to have people you know where before some players would be criticized for not necessarily playing you know 100 percent playing for the shirt i don't think you can say that with with not many people in our squad now um they all seem to put a shift in they might not they might you know be technically very good or whatever but they're having a go for most of them um and it would i mean i would god fucking on the touchline you turn around you've got moisey shout here alan irvine you've got bloody kevin nolan stuart pierce mm-hmm. you're going half time and not put a, a shift in because you've got absolutely rinsed by them um but yeah long mate continue man long mate continue um, yeah i mean like game. like you say i mean cresswell i've always liked cresswell but he was struggling in a back four last year and uh he's been reinvented um in a three coup foul five million up quid i yeah. mean what a signing and i don't think Moyes has made a bad signing yet whereas the pellegrini era i was skeptical approach I mean, Simon Zazzo, you know, there was no thought behind it, was there, you know, in that time. Yeah. Well, those Zazzo, was, was it Pilic? Um, was it Pilic's second season yeah. he came in? Whereas Kufal, Suchek, hardly cost much, but they're part of, they've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, yeah and I've just got fingers crossed in January we keep Suchek and Rice. Because yeah. losing one would be bad, but to lose both would be a disaster. Yeah, I think I think the fact that the team are performing well plays into our advantage keeping them. I, I, you know, Hopefully. I think personally, <clears throat> I mean, I've likened it to a bad relationship where you sort of like <laughs> you know you, you wait to the next 
event. So it's like, you know, wait for Christmas when Christmas is over, if it's still together, we'll wait till after Valentine's Day. And it's yeah. like, you know, then it's all we'll wait to the summer holiday, wait to Easter, wait to summer holiday. <laughs> like summer is like transfer windows, you know, wait till this January. After January, we can relax a little bit and then come summer, you know, we, yeah. I think it's going to be like that for the next couple of years. I reckon at least another 18 months, I think that will um but the fact that the team are doing well means that that likelihood of them leaving is is less and less and you know if if, if the right players are coming in and, and and stuff like that then you know i mean i i'm 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 a firm believer that, that mr rice is an extremely astute person yeah and um he knows how the fans feel about Mark Noble. Um, and, you know, when Mark plays as a six, we put him down as a seven. And, you know, he could be he could be one of them players who, you know, be a massive fish in a very small pond at West Ham. Um, Absolutely. I mean, he's in the England squad. So that, yeah. that's, a, that's a start-up. You know, that, that, that in the past has been the thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's there. He's a regular starter. So he doesn't need to, to go elsewhere for England. But... It's the trophies thing that um, yeah that you, you you couldn't blame him, but I do hope he stays yeah. for another two three years. You never know. You couldn't blame him. I mean, we were literally you know walking him out the door in the summer. It was seen by everyone. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, and good luck to him. And yeah, um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, there's some, there's always something to talk about at West Ham, and, and you know, at the moment. Oh, it, yeah. it, <laughs> so it's, it's quite good so chris the first question he says 16 minutes into chatting is, is why are you a west ham fan what's what's your story about being a west ham fan well it's purely i mean i'm, I'm both born uh born in surrey um <clears throat> excuse me and then we moved about a lot as a kid we did, i lived in seven seven areas uh because my late dad worked in london and norwich so we Moved from the southeast to Norwich, southeast to Norwich, blah blah blah. Um, but Dad was a West Ham fan, and Granddad was a West Ham fan. My mum was a Manchester United fan, but she's got an excuse. She was actually born in Manchester, sure. so her and her sister used to go and go to Trafford and watch Georgie Best play, you know. Whereas Dad watched Bobby Moore play. Yeah. Um, so I had a choice. Uh, I like the claret and blue you know, the stories of Bobby Moore and all that. But then we won the cup in 1975. And so I had to become a glory hunter, didn't I? Because Man United weren't that great then, you know. Um, if I knew then what I knew now, <laughs> no. Um, it gets boring winning all the time. So um, It's character building, I think. We're being exactly, exactly. So plus it, it was a lot closer. I mean, um, we were about an hour and a half away from, from Upton Park, whereas on Trafford was up north. So uh so I, I went with Dad. And so it's it was a family a family trait really. Um but um so yeah, that was it. Just went with with, with my dad. Yeah. Not the, the the claret and blue and just grew up with all those great players that we had at the time, you know, and um, Trevor Brooking, all-time hero. Uh, and I'm, unlike the favourite film or a favourite record, it never changes. You're stuck with it. That, Very true. That yeah, that's a, that's a really true adage, to be honest. Yeah, you're, yeah, unlike your favourite movie or your Christmas movie or at the moment, um, 
which can change from from year to year your your favorite yeah. player your favorite team doesn't and uh yeah that's a really interesting way of looking at it actually you're totally right um oh well, yeah. definitely i mean it, it it just never it, it you know throughout all the the peaks and troughs as you well know um i might criticize them and have a bit of a pop on the internet and all this sort of thing but it's it's always my team it's always going to be my team the first time i went to upton park as well I, it, I, it would never change no never change there no. i was on my orange box used to take an orange box about you know that big to stand yeah. on because i'm only five foot six and i was probably only about three foot one uh, when i was ten <laughs> um and what uh, what used to make me laugh was that um when we scored you'd all pile forward uh yeah. about 10 rows or whatever and always go back but i'd always end up standing on my orange box again which is a bit strange you know? um <laughs> I return and, to the, and of course the fans would sort of pass you to the front anyway if you were short um but that got a bit embarrassing when i was about 21 you know and sort of like put me down but, you know, stand at the back now <laughs> yeah. um, um but yeah just the, just the players and yeah. um but mum did have a glint in her eye a few years later and they get you know it kept winning the league you know she would say to me well you had your choice you know but, <laughs> but there we go yeah. but that's how it all started really um there is a there is a photograph of me somewhere in an arsenal kit with a bit of football under my arm and i have no idea how that came about but thankfully it's it's long disappeared back so, yeah uh, but um yeah that's i don't know where that came from that's the thing as you said like you know once you're in your once you're in you're in you know i haven't mm. interviewed anyone in, in these 250 odd interviews where they've gone yeah i went to my first game it was all right it was all right everyone's gone yes it first one i was hooked and then on that was it i was in and uh very much that's 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 still the case isn't it it seems uh yeah and because it is it's just so it's just like a overload of senses isn't it it's the it's the smells the sound it's going with your old man it's oh. the and, um i think that's what people really miss not necessarily the football totally. uh, is that togetherness which obviously people can't do at the moment which is yeah, people try and make do you know and on, mm. on or, or watch alongs or things like that on youtube and stuff but mm. it's that um that going to the pub it's that uh it's that sort of you know well it used to be upton park particularly that that, that oh. on the way in and all that type of stuff and uh all the pie and mash or any of that and you know i think that's what people miss you know the last 15 or 16 games mm. it's been in a home for you know behind closed doors and yeah it's it's it's, it's well, a shame well, we used to have, uh, I mean, what I really miss, actually, uh, his dad died 20 years ago. Sure. Um, but our routine was we'd, we'd, get a, we'd get a train up from, uh, from Sussex, generally. Yeah. Uh, that took about 45 minutes. Um, and then we'd get on the underground, do 15 stops on the district line, come out at Upton Park Station, and we'd always go for fish and chips. Um, can't remember the name of the chippy now. Uh, there were a couple around there, but it was um, can't remember the name of the road. And maybe it was the Barking Road. Um, and we'd always have fish and chips there. But we we were there about two and a half, three hours before the game. So yeah. it was always fish and chips. And then we'd walk to the club shop, 
which in those days, the, the younger days, it was just a porter cabin. It was, yeah. On the yeah. forecourt, you know, and uh, uh, they put they put the uh, the logo on for a, for a quid or something. Um, uh, and, and it was just the same routine with Dad. And, uh, and when he died, um, because I didn't have too many mates who were West End friends, mm. I then went up on my own. Um, I started to drive to be honest, uh, rather than the train. But I would always do the same routine. I'd go and have fish and chips before the game um, and uh, uh, and then go and have a look around the shop, really yeah. buy anything, but have a quick yeah. look, you know, and then uh, and then go and sit and watch the game. And, um, oh, yeah. So, uh, I still do. I, 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 Chris, I used to do exactly the same thing. Um, yeah. my, my granddad, me and my granddad and my brothers, we used to go to uh cans the old little the fish and chip shop on the corner by the uh you know by the billy billy bonds and trevor brookie memorial um we used to go there every week um when i was as in the older there uh, and even when i was work, starting to work there when my granddad was still alive we'd do the same thing and then also when he passed i would still do that you know i'd still yeah. get around silly early to get to get me me half pounder and chips um yeah. you know because um, I'd get that city to city o'clock, and um, to get to the ground early anyway. To you know, we have to be at the game four hours before anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, you just did, did, you, did you have the hot dog on the way home as well? I always used no. to justify it, you know, no. fish and chips before the game and a hot dog afterwards because no. I'm football, you know. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> um, sometimes I get two two bags of sweets for a pound if I'm seeing a bit fruity <laughs> on the way home. If we'd won a game. Um, but no, not a hot dog, not a cheap hot dog on the uh, way home, so a mm. half price. But no, it's a, it's funny how things like that just pop into your memory, isn't it? It's like the other day, oh, I yeah, walked, yeah. walked past a, a, a fish and chip shop um, when you could go outside, and um, and uh, it smelt like that cheap burger smell, and, yeah, and it yeah. just took straight back, straight back, straight back to Upton Park, and it's my granddad. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Just like how things can trigger off a, a memory by smell mm. or or someone saying something in a certain phrase mm. um that's so i heard someone say the other day uh, someone asked me what the time was and i went oh it's five and 20 to 10 but i've never said that never in my life my granny <laughs> said that. it was almost like he was like saying i'm still here i'm still around yeah five and 20. doing 25 to 10 yeah i did yeah yeah, yeah. five and <laughs> 10 so random isn't it things that happen but uh no it's and, and, and that's what it's about it's about that's why i think west ham white is such an unusual place it's all about you know the fans are just it's all about the community the familyness as you said tradition mm. um and i think that's why people who aren't west ham fans watch this channel as well because we are unique as you said been a lot of thick and thin mainly thin not thick mm. um but we still have this incredible passion loyalty for our yep. team um and and it's, it's a global loyalty and passion you know we're a little funny little club in east london but we've got mm. fans you know all over the world i've interviewed and um it, it puts into perspective you know how how big our fan base is how big we are as a club i think sometimes we forget that i think sometimes we we, we compare ourselves to the likes of man united and and stuff like that who have you as you said won lots of things um mm. we have fuck all but we've still got a huge global fan base we are Absolutely. we just don't we still have this little club mentality in our head and uh, yeah yeah i mean I, it was the fans for me as well to be fair because 
when me and my dad were going, we we generally be in the North Bank, um, yeah. standing, and you, you know I could always remember the peanut setup, you know peanuts, peanuts, and somebody at the back would want some peanuts, throw throw a pan coin or something or whatever, yeah. he'd catch it, he'd throw the peanuts to him, and <laughs> he'd catch it about thirty yards away, you know, and. Uh, but when I started going on my own, I got a bit lazy and I went in the, in the West End to sit. Um, and I would always, uh, I've always done this. It's a bit embarrassing, really. But whether I go to a football match or a, or a, a cinema or a theatre, if I book online, I try to get a seat at the end of a row, just yeah. in case. If I go to the loo, I'm not going to upset anybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I always did that. But the people would chat to you you'd get there early and unlike a cinema at west ham people you'd have a chat with the guy next year yeah. even though you've probably never met him in your life but then the next time you'd go you'd be sitting in a similar area and you you'd recognize the guy you were next to last time and you'd stop on the steps and have a chat with the guy you know and and people would talk and chat there was none of this just sitting there nobody chatting and it was it was lovely they were very welcoming um you know and uh that they always used to say to me well why are you a brighton fan because i'm not too far from brighton and i said because i'm a west ham fan i've always been a west ham fan you yeah know? so um, yeah but as you said it's that sort of togetherness isn't it and and you've yeah. always had that so yeah it's probably a lot easier to get to brighton but uh no <laughs> you didn't because you're a west ham fan and, and i think that's i think that's what what people a lot of people could have done a lot of easier you know there's, there's a lot a lot of people you know, the trans pennine hammers and the the the, the jockney irons and you know yeah. there's a lot of guys in well, the america and hong kong and japan but they 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 stick to that club and they might not have any geographical reason to stick to that club but it's just mm. at them at an early age or even at a late age for some people they come into you know the game quite late um and and that's it it's just pulled them in and it's, it's a bizarre thing when you think about it in in retrospect you know why someone is a fan and and you know because it's, it's not the most glamorous thing to be but but no know. it's a, it's great the only problem i had was when i got a train up um to west ham brighton games up to park because i had to go on the train with all the brighton fans um but uh well, funny story about that actually i don't even remember the uh we beat brighton six nil uh, at Upton Park back in, was it 2011, 2012? Yeah. can't remember. And uh, just before the game, <clears throat> I'd never done this and I haven't done it since, but they, they used to have a little betting shop in Upton Park up the, up the stairs. You know, you'd have your workout going up at the top of the West End. Yeah. Um, and then there was a little betting shop and I thought, I'm going to have a little, you know, a little flutter today. So. I think I put 15 quid on on a, a five on three nil, five on four nil, and five on five nil. And um, <laughs> you can see what's going, can you? Uh, so three, three, three nil up. I thought, oh yeah, it's not bad odds. You know, and then they got fourth. I thought, yeah. Can't remember how much it was, but a couple of hundred quid or whatever. Then you got a five nil with about five minutes to go. And I'm thinking in my head, that'll do. <laughs> It's the only yeah. time in my life I didn't want West Ham to score another goal. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then the sixth went in, uh, about the 89th minute. I hadn't put any money on that. Mm -hmm. The guy next to me, when the game finished, I was about the only one just sitting there. 
guy next to me said, you don't have a bet on that, have you? I said, yeah, six nil. <laughs> what could you do? So I went I went home. It was about the most depressed I'd ever been after a six nil was found. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> every cloud, though, every cloud, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the last time we beat them, uh, I think. Quite possibly, quite um, possibly. Because um, I yeah. went... Um, I'm ashamed to say I've only been to the London Stadium once, uh, and that was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a couple of years ago. Uh, I've got a couple of old school friends who I hadn't seen since I left school, which was back in 1984. And uh, one of the lads lives in uh, Los Angeles, and he said he was coming over for the first time in, in years, and did I want to catch a game? So three of us met up for the first time in 30 years. Two of us were West Ham fans. The other guy was a Brown fan, and we we went up to the London Stadium and saw the uh, the two two. Uh, I think an Altovich got two that night. Um, yeah. Might be wrong, but I, I've got to be honest. I, I it wasn't a football stadium to me. I know you know you can have this argument all night, but uh, what's your thoughts on it? Because it's I mean, it just I, seemed I, too I, big. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a massive um, I'm a massive advocate for the stadium um the, the old girl bless her was was falling apart um not just that but infrastructure wise um i mean people forget there's that you know if that district line's down then there's that long horrible walk to barking to get on the hamster city line or jump on the bus to get to straight you know there was right. it, 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 you know obviously it had its charm but you know, unfortunately, and we spoke about this before about the game moving on, and and yeah. and those old school state, those old school like you know traditional stadiums, less and less and less. I mean, look at Brighton. You know, look at you know lots of lots of teams. Um, you know, Arsenal moved out of Highbury, and um, you know the and you know, and also I think what's quite interesting. You look at the teams now who are doing it down the bottom. Um, you got your your Fulham's and your West Brom's and your Burnleys and your Sheffield United, all got old school stadiums, all got very tight stadiums. Yeah, where it shows the the impact of the crowd. But at the moment, we don't need it. You know, we could never yeah. do any sense of social distancing at, 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 at the <laughs> That's for sure. So, you could have thirty thousand in there, couldn't you? Like it's yeah, social I mean, distance. Exactly, easily in London Stadium, and you know, unfortunately, it is and you know, it's it's not necessarily for. <clears throat> The, the the fans who have been there for 50 60 years it's going to be for the fans who my yeah. daughter who's eight you know and and it's and it's hurt she only knows west ham play at london stadium obviously she i took her to upton park before mm. before we, you know, we left to make sure she'd she'd been there she was only three she didn't know what was going on but um it's you know and you know infrastructure wise and you know and that's that's what people do now it's not necessarily about and, and you know even like Look like Wembley, how Wembley's been sort of you know, rebuilt and sort of made more sort of yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's and it's it's in, in football, you know. It is it's you know it's it's a move away from the smaller grounds to the to the bigger multiplex, you know. And it, yeah, and I, I think it's not going to feel like home for a long time. It just won't do because we were there for we're out to part for God knows how many. Yeah. And so it will take time. Um, when the team are performing well, it's the last thing people will criticise. Yeah, true. It's about, um, in my opinion, mm. but I mean, it's football is about opinions. So, you know, some people didn't like up to. I'm, I'm sure when we moved from the Memorial Ground to Upton Park, there were people kicking off. 
Yeah, I, th I think it's just the seats for me. I mean, I, I, I was lucky yeah. enough to be at the, the playoff final in um, 2012, was it? 13. Uh, Wembley, I was, yeah, it was quite good. Um, yeah. But without a doubt, the best stadium I've been to, again, lucky enough to get tickets to the 2006 FA Cup final. Mm. And the Millennium Stadium was yeah. a magnificent yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was uh, close considering it's a big ground, you know. And uh, that's the only problem with the London Stadium. It's just the seats are so far away. Um, yeah. If they could drag them in a bit, that, that would Yeah, help. I think they could, but, I think um, they're starting to do it. I think, obviously, there's lots of restrictions. But, you know, uh, a week's a long time in football. So, you know, yeah. three years time... You, who knows what's going to happen with the London Stadium? You know, I mean, I don't. Mm. You know, it, it's losing a lot of money. It's losing a lot of money. So for, for the for the you know for the, the the corporation in charge of it. So who knows what's going to happen? And then maybe you know, obviously they're hamstrung a little bit by what they can do. Um, it's being like a tenant. You know, if you're if you yeah. move into a house, you usually can't redecorate it or put up posters. Yeah. But posters, you can't have any blue tack on it, or you know. And mm. So it's a little bit like that. Um, but they're you know, I think it's incremental steps i mean they've moved i mean unfortunately no one's been in there to see them yet um but they've moved the obviously they, they flattened up the, the the goal areas um the two goal ends so it's not um you know curved it's flat like a like a traditional football stadium that looks really good um and then who knows what's going to happen with the rest of it but it's, it's i mean it, it's one of the things where it's 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 going to take yeah. time it's going to take yeah. time I'm, I'm a big fan of it because you i mean you're right um you know, you know, it's just when you've been somewhere for so many years, it is a shame. You know, but um, yeah, I moaned about but, moving up the moving up. Mark, you know, we we were in Romford, we were in Romford, and I moved. I moaned about us literally moving the other side of the road to Hornchurch. I I was like, I don't want to move um, yeah. because the reason being was I'd have to get a bus, yeah. and drive or walk to the station. You know, and it's like, well, actually, you're a better house than you were there. Uh, bigger house, you know. Yeah. So it's like it, but it does take time. True. And, and and people, I think, you know, I mean, people still moan about some of the guys from Emirates. You know, Arsenal still moan about leaving Highbury. But mm. um, even now, but that was years ago. They moved out of the Emirates. They moved to the Emirates, and they still haven't had what they were promised necessarily. So no, uh, true, true. Yeah. Maybe anyway, I'm being a bit harsh, Russ. Well, it's, no, it's opinions. Everyone's got opinions, haven't they? And I think that's why that's what makes football really interesting. If everyone felt the same and spoke the same, then it'd be pretty boring, to be honest, wouldn't it? Because um, oh, everyone yeah. agree with each other. So that's what it's all about. Right. Let's talk about your 11. Let's talk about your 11. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as I said, the only rule we have in play is you have to be alive to have seen them play. But that's the only rule. You can pick whoever you want or whatever criteria, however you yeah. want to pick them is, is all cool. So that's that's what we'll do. So let me get my pen and paper. Right. Well, I've, I've literally, like you say, I've, I've picked this team on the basis of players I saw at their best um, and yeah. saw them live. I'm leaving out um, the likes of Rio, Frank, uh, Michael Carrick, Jermaine Defoe, Glenn Johnson and Joan Cole. Purely on the basis as I don't think I saw them at their best. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, good, yeah, I think that, they, yeah. they sadly moved on elsewhere. I mean, what a team that would have been if we kept them all. Um, yeah. So that's the only reason why I'm leaving those guys out, because I'm sure if I'd seen them at their best, they'd probably be in there. Um, I've got John Lyle as manager. Um, uh, I mean, Mr. West Ham for me, 
I mean, he was West Ham manager from when I was six years old to when I was 20 years old. So when he was sacked, I was uh, absolutely devastated. But um, but in goal, uh, quite a tough one in a way. Um, Ludo comes really close second, but for, for me, it had to be Phil Parks. Yeah, sure. I mean, just a gentle giant um, between the sticks. Really unlucky that he had Sheldon Clemens and Corrigan ahead of him for England. So, but he did get that one cap. Yeah. Um, so that's Phil Parks at goal, right back. That's always the, the way West Ham, it seems. All, all the really great West Ham players never play for England at all or much because they've got another like four or five, you know, they're all uh -huh. like, someone like Michael Carrick. You know, if Michael Carrick, as you said, was was born five years before, five years after, he'd be an England regular, um, yeah. you know, playing every other game because I, I know I think it's right what you said as well in terms of your criteria. I like it, you know seen playing at their best because that very rarely happens at west ham in particularly modern era that they play at their best at west ham um one or two yeah. but not too many so that's, that's a nice idea um yeah, but yeah epitomize that really it's interesting what you say about the international caps actually because uh, my team i did actually add up their caps and yeah. 95 in total for my team and when you think about the players that i'm going to list it's ridiculous i mean there's players that haven't got an ounce of talent who've probably got 94 caps for England now, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Parksy, I mean, he would have had, he, he would have had 100 caps if it hadn't been for the other three. Um, yeah. And any of those four goalkeepers would be our goalkeeper now, I think, uh, without doubt. So, so Parksy in goal. Um, yeah. uh, Ray Stewart right back. I mean, I couldn't really think of anybody else, to be honest. Um, play right back or centre back, absolutely solid as a rock. Yeah. Um, nice guy as well from what I hear. Um, he just had it, he had it all and he improved, I think, um, over the years. He he, uh, he developed into a more technical player. You know, mm. he was he was as, as tough as on boots originally, but he became a, a good passer of the ball and crosser of the ball and everything as he, mm. as he was at the club so long. He's a legend. And, um, yeah. Total legend. Um, uh -huh. and just... So, Ray Stewart. Yep. Um, moving on a left back. Um, I saw Frank Lampard play, Frank Lampard Senior, and he was a good a good player. Um, and he, he made himself a good player as well. I mean, I read all the books and heard all the interviews, how he didn't have the, the, the speed and what have you, but he practised and practised and practised. Um, but... I've got to go for Julian Dix as a left back. Um, I met Julian as well. Um, they have these uh, evening withs, don't they? Um, yep. And um, I, uh, I was lucky enough to go to an evening with uh, Frank Macarini and Julian Dix. And, uh, <laughs> and um, Julian was abs absolutely fantastic. I mean, really nice fellow. Um, and what a player. I mean, yep. um, left foot like a wand. Um, he could do everything really. Mm. Pass, shoe, header. I mean, that game against Tottenham when it was blowing a gale, I think it was, was it John Hartson's first game? Yeah. Um, Dixie was just brilliant. Um, and I'll always remember his penalty against Peter Schweinkel, uh, yeah. which just, I think Schweinkel tried to get out of the way actually. <laughs> 
Um, no, no one twats it anymore, though, do they? Like, I mean, you, you did that with Tonka as well. You know, no one just twats it. You know, as hard as possible. They all try and be too clever with penalties, and it's one thing again in the modern day. I think the people try and be too clever sometimes. Just put your foot through it. Put top your foot through it. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know, are you, well, funny enough, I didn't go to too many West Ham games over the years because I played Saturdays. Well, I wasn't very yeah. good, but I, I would always play. And I used to take the penalties, and I always used to take. Julian Dix's way of taking them is if you don't know where it's going, the keeper's yeah. got no chance. Exactly. So, um, but who would you take the penalties? Get to take oh, the penalties between oh, Stuart yeah. and Dixie. I mean, interesting, wouldn't it? Let them fight over it, like like, <laughs> like Frank and Paolo. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dixie at left back, um, and then centre backs. This was quite tough. Uh, again, you know, if I'd seen Rio. At his peak, uh, he'd probably have been in there without a doubt. Um, yeah. But I'm going for a pairing, um, and it's Alvin uh, and Tony Gale. Um, yeah. I'm sure, Tony Gale will probably be happy to hear that because he likes to be manager, coach, yeah. for a get taker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I haven't met Alvin, but I've met Tony Gale uh, at that evening. Uh, he was the, the compere for the yeah, evening. Yeah, yeah. And um, the other half of the time did like Tony Gale. So just for her, I'm going to put Tony Gale in. Um, uh, but they were, they were both great players. I mean, they were dec decent on the floor. Still to this day, I cannot understand how, why Bobby Robson dropped out in, in the World Cup after the Paraguay game. I mean, they won it 3-0. Yeah. And then he dropped him for the Argentina game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, and I, I think I should have played, played them as a pair, like they did with, I think, uh, Russell Osman and Terry Butcher. Yeah. They played for England as a pair, and I think those two should have been given a chance. So. I agree. Uh, which next? Where do you want to go next? You go, you go, go for the team as you've got written down there, there Chris. Uh, left midfield. Go um, got the Alan Devonshire, everybody says yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um, as good as I ever saw, I mean, I was I was lucky enough to be at the, the Chelsea game, funny enough, uh, where we won 4-0. Yeah. Everybody says that. But my dad got, I don't know how he did it, but he, he got VIP tickets for that game. So we were sitting with the Chelsea fans after a meal with the likes of John Cleese. We were in with the Chelsea pensioners. Uh, <laughs> so we were trying to keep quiet as each goal went in. Yeah. Um, but Alan Devonshire that day on that pitch just was... Unreal. Um, and uh, he, he came off with a white kit. I think a couple of them have told you that, but uh, yeah. he didn't have any mud on him, you know. And, yeah. I'd love to have seen him get more caps for England, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that horrific injury and he was still brilliant when he came back. So, mm. totally. Uh, so, without a doubt, Devitt uh, left midfield and. Yep. Right midfield, I'm a real difficult one here. I've made my mind up the other day with uh, with the player I'm picking. But then I saw a YouTube video uh, about Trevor Sinclair the other night. And I didn't realise he scored so many goals for us. Yeah. And they were good goals as well. I mean, these aren't tackings. They yeah. were super goals. Um, but I'm going to go for, for Mark Ward. Um purely because I don't think I saw Trevor play live. I think he was injured when I saw the games with that team. 
And Mark Ward, that one season, 85, 86, was just brilliant. Sure. Oh, yeah. He had, he had absolutely everything. And being being short myself, you know, to see <laughs> a short guy stick up with the bullies was uh, was really nice to see. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to go for it well with, with, with Wardy. Um, central midfield, um, first guy in there, Billy Bonds. Um, can't put him at, well, could, you could put him at centre-back with Alvin. You could put him at right back, but central midfield. Uh, he was how that guy never got a cap. Just, mm. I mean, when you see some of the players that have had caps now and since, I mean, uh, crazy, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just, just, it's just shocking. Give them out now, really, it seems. They give them out to players who have like two or three good games. And they, they give out you know, a, a complimentary England cap. And it's like, you look at someone like Bonzo, and it's like, especially when you look at how many, like, how many caps someone like Emlyn Hughes got. And it's like, mm. come on, you know. I know. Well, you look at um, Peter Reed, for instance. Yeah. Now, Peter Reed was a great player. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think if you compared the two, I, I Bonzo had more to him. Yeah. Peter Reed was quite slow, um, uh, but Bonzo just—he was as good as somebody like Peter Reed. So, yeah. really surprising. Uh, maybe if Ron Green would have been manager a few years before, um, you never know. But what a career! Um, really nice guy as well, apparently. And uh, mm. yeah, he's just an absolute legend. Um, yeah. Uh, and then probably my favourite player of all time next to Trevor Brookie. Um, uh, uh, just absolutely sublime. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to meet Trevor a couple of times and you couldn't wish for a nicer guy. No. Oh, he's an absolute gentleman. Um, and um, the, the biggest, and, and you, you could see this on YouTube when you're watching Trevor's best goals or, or whatever, he did the best biggest compliment i can give him is that he did the same thing all the time so people obviously knew what he was going to do but they couldn't stop him no yeah, i mean it's yeah. the way that a throw-in would be taken and he'd let the ball just run past his body uh but the guy was just he was marking him was still standing where he yeah. was a minute ago um but amazing goal and in the cup final as well so uh it's got to be trevor uh, so Bonzo and Trevor in the in the middle. Can I have a sub, Russ? I can give you a sub. Do you want um, a sub? Thank, thank you, thank you. Uh, my first centre forward. Um, again, he's a hero of mine. I, I was lucky enough about ten years ago, for about four years, there used to be a. I don't think we can name company names on on in public, but there was a company that used to do uh, uh, football matches at um upton park oh yeah yep. uh, and uh one of the internet groups uh of hammers put together a, a team we'd never met met each other and we all turned up and we played and it was frank magarelli's tournament and um obviously I, I did the same tournament for about four years in a row and frank is such a genuine guy um I, I, I'm a bit deaf, so at times I need subtitles with him. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, he, he's such a genuine guy. And my my claim to fame, apart from scoring Upton Park, which was an absolute delight for me, was marking Frank at a corner in one of those games. And uh, I'm five foot five, yeah. and he's one of the best strikers that's ever lived. And uh, 
I've got no chance at that point. I think he ended it straight in. I didn't even move. So, uh, yeah, he, he's just a lovely fella. And, and yeah. that season, he was just unplayable. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um, another centre forward just uh, is Paolo Di Canio. Um, and my sub is going to be Tony Cotty. And the, the, I, I really couldn't decide between them. And the reason why I've gone for Paolo is that you, you'll, you'll obviously remember the classic goal against Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the volley. And the week before that, my father passed away suddenly. Um, so that week, obviously, you know, grief doesn't let you feel like doing much. No, of course. Um, and just before that game, I can remember my other half of the time said, watch the football this afternoon, do, do something. And it was that Wimbledon game. And when he scored that briefly, you know, the, the smile came back. And uh, it's incredible how football has that ability. It is, yeah. It is. Um, to just bring you, you know, just bring a smile to your face. Escapism as well, isn't it? Exactly. And I can remember looking up and thinking Dad would have liked that. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. You know, it's just absolute cracking. I mean, what, what a player. I mean, just a typical West Ham player, wasn't he? I mean, you must have seen him live yeah, many times. Those times, yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, well, he was an entertainer. He was. A, it was. He was a foot. It was a, the purest sense of a football player. You know. Mm. We, yeah, we we don't go to football to win the game. We go to football to be entertained. Um, pretty much safe for West Ham. You got no chance winning nothing. But um, so for, like so for Paolo, he just brought that entertainment value that. To be honest, I think you know we we until recently we were, we were lacking. You know we wouldn't you, know, you wouldn't look forward to going to watch football. Um, it was mm. a bit of a chore um, last few years. I think it's fair to say. Um, but that era, you with the Dikan era, that Redknapp era, you would literally turn up every Saturday. Yeah. And and not know what's going to happen. Yeah. No idea. Um, and 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 that's that's what was so, so fascinating about that time. And Paolo was was the sort of the the spearhead of that of that era, because yeah. it all stems from him. If he was up for a good day, you're up for a good day, you know. But if he was going to have a, what, a tantrum day, you were going to get a different side of him. And it's in, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was a bugger. He, you know, mm. he didn't travel up north you know, north of Watford Gap, but you know, he was a West Ham. He was a West Ham player. You know, he was a typical West Ham player, flamboyant, passionate. Oh. Um, would would have a moan up and and i think that's why people loved him and i think he loved us and we loved him now that we we revived his career um you know we should never have really got him really um he didn't push over a referee um and because of that marriage us us and him he went from a okay player at sheffield wednesday yeah okay him and carbone were okay they were you know a little bit you know little bit fancy down a little bit show really um he then became this player that you know if you talk about premier league greats he's in that list you know it is zola burkamp oh. omri the canio he's in that group and he wouldn't have been that group if it wasn't for west ham um, i know i mean it's incredible as well when you look he, he never got a cap um i was yeah. shocked when i was looking through the international caps he never got a full cap for italy yeah um I mean, out of those players, the most caps was was Trevor with forty seven, yeah. but after that, Al, Alvin at seventeen. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like, 
Tony Cotty, only seven caps. I mean, it it, it baffles me. I mean, um, and, but Decanio never never to get a cap. I mean, you know, I mean, there's some mavericks in there without a doubt. Um, I mean, I've just got to, if you don't mind, I've just got to mention others. On, I mean, play like Rob Green. You know the uh, the, the youngsters uh, I mentioned and. Players like Ian Bishop. I mean, I love love the Bishop, Steve Lomas. People actually forget with the the, the Hearts and Kitson thing. They always get the credit, rightly so, for helping us avoid relegation that year. Yeah. But people forget that Lomas came at the same time. Yeah, um, and made a big difference in in, in the midfield. Yeah, um, Mark Noble, Yossi Benio, Sinclair, Alan Dickens, Pat Holland, Graham Padden. Dean Ashton, David Cross. I mean, David Cross was a magnificent forward. Yeah, he Absolutely was. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Hartson, Goddard, Pop Robson, and um, and Tevez. You know, had his had his yeah. moments. I've just got to say, for, for for absolute ability and on one season, the only right reason why Pyatt doesn't get in the team is because of the way he left. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, he, he could have been a legend. Yeah. And, and what's he done since? I mean, I haven't heard, really. Uh, Probably playing okay. okay for Marseille, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, for pure talent, he was fantastic. But. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, that, but that's what they do, isn't it? it it's. it's um, he was one of those players that. I mean, <clears throat> you forget how much of an impact he made for such a short amount of time he was at the club. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a Tevez, I've been funny, Terry. Yeah, Tevez, I mean, you know, we turn up for half a season, really, um, but made an incredible impact. And I just think, um, you know, I've, I, I mean, for me, Paolo, uh, not Paolo, wrong one, <laughs> Payet was technically the best player I've ever seen at West Ham from a technical perspective. He was, he did things that I've mm -hmm. never seen done before. Um, but yeah, he didn't have that passion. And, 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 that, and that's why, yeah, Pyatt, um De Canio would always be my favourite player of all time, but Pyatt was my was the most technical player because it's like De Canio had all the, all the facets to be a, a you know West Ham great. In my a opinion. Absolutely, and I think you'll find with that twelve as well. Um, they all still hold a passion for the club. I think mm. um, yeah. you, you've interviewed quite a lot of them, and uh, they've all got that. You know, even Paolo, you know, he still yeah. loves loves the club and. That's the reason why I've gone for, for those guys, you know, they gave me some great memories and uh, highs and lows. Um, I think that team would probably win the league. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I totally agree with that, Chris. You definitely, uh, there's, there's lots of, uh, lots in their pomp as well, those players in their pomp would be uh, oh, hard, yeah. to beat, hard to beat. But uh, Chris, mate, it's been lovely chatting. And you, Russ, and you. It's been lovely well, chatting. Thank you. Great uh, meeting you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time as well. Uh, and obviously, thank you to everyone who's been listening as well on YouTube or Spotify, whatever. Um, give it a like, give it a share. And um, from myself and from Chris, uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe. You on the hammers. Come on, you irons. That's it. Good, there mate. Go. Come on, you irons. Have um, a good Christmas. <laughs> very, very soon. Have a lovely Christmas, everyone.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.